my fellow free Lord Sovereign Thinkers. Thank you for tuning to LL3 Podcast. My name is Craig, transmitting from the beautiful realms of planet Earth. Today's date is Monday, January 31st, 2022. And this is episode 1496. Sorry about taking the hiccups there. Entitled Hershey Fires Unvaccinated Employees at Mississippi's House Committee Passes Second Amendment Preservation Act. Before I proceed, you can listen to me on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Deezer, Podcast Attic, Podchaser, JL Sovin, Anchor, Breaker, Podbean, Reason, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Hit that like button and share it everywhere, plus on my multiple social media sites, just type in Loki Luck number three or Roman number three. In addition, you can find me on Telegram. Just type in Loki Luck Roman Numeral 3 Podcast. If you want to donate, go to paypal.me or cash.app forward slash Loki Luck number 3. I'm not going to be uh, ranting, so I'm just going to start off right now narrating the article that came from the Epoch Times. It's considered an exclusive, by the way. Believe it or not. Very interesting. And um, this one here. Came from the Epoch Times, of course. I say it again. Uh, Hershey fires unvaccinated employees offers payment to sign existing agreement. This is by Beth Berger. It came out today as it reads here. Hershey Company has begun firing office workers who did not get vaccinated against COVID-19. On the way out the door, Hershey is asking employees to sign a nine-page confidentiality and a release agreement that would remove their rights to sue company or walk about their talk about their experience. Although their signature comes with a special separation payment, many have not signed the agreement and won't get the money. Employees say the payment was determined by an algorithm and for some amount amounted to just over two months pay. By most accounts working at Hershey was a great job. Employees at Hershey, Pennsylvania headquarters, and offices in other states report higher than average wages and bowls of candy placed around the office for snacking. During the holiday, during holidays, employees will get a big bag of treats to take home. Although that practice stopped after Easter 2021, there is a sample room for trying new products, colorful graphics, decorating the walls, and the products are more fun than selling insurance. But it stopped being fun after months of human resources meeting that employees include say include included education about the vaccines, asked if the employees had changed their mind about getting the shots, and uncomfortably invasive questions. I really thought I'd be um, okay. Kim Durham, a pay, uh, payment analyst and sourcing buyer, told the Epoch Times. I thought you cannot ask question my faith. Cannot question my faith. Nobody can question that. Durham asked for a religious accommodation in August and assumed she would get it. I thought this was behind me until September when I um, met with an HR representative. It was an interrogation of your religious beliefs. They twisted your words and tried to put words in your mouth. It was terrible. I asked such a personal question that had nothing to do with religion. She was shocked when, in November, she received a word that her request for religious accommodation had been denied. 
the um, Epoch Times interviewed two other Hershey employees who were there in the final days of the company and didn't want their names used until they are fully separated for fear of losing certain benefits. Everyone interviewed mentioned being troubled by similar questions during the meetings, usually held with the with the immediate supervisor and someone from HR, such as have you been vaccinated? Are your children vaccinated? How do you protect yourself when you leave your home? How often do you go to church? Do you take Tylenol, ibuprofen, Tums, or Medal? If so, how can you say that you're truly a religious person because a lot of those medicines also have the same ingredients as the vaccine? Several people were told the pulp is vaccinated and says, that's the greatest gift you can give your community is to be vaccinated as well. <laughs> Talk about penile microphone rhetoric. Wow, man. I'm sorry. You know, this, our, new parents, our new parents submitted their baby's birth certificate and other papers to set up insurance and asked why the baby had received vaccination if the parents wouldn't get the COVID shots. What does that have to do with me keeping a job? From the time we started this ordeal, we we have uh, had seven meetings about my vaccination status. One employee said it was like harassment. I felt like I wanted to crawl under a rock when I was done. Well, office workers must be vaccinated or fired employees working in food production and chocolate world. The company's retail outlet stores are encouraged but not required to get vaccinated, vac get the vaccination. It's interesting because I was looking at... um reading the um, contract for, for for them, is, which is the, what's this called? Let me see here. It's the, um, the work, chocolate workers for local union six, uh, 464, which is the bakery, conventionary, tobacco workers in Gray Miller's International Union, which is CFLCIO. Their contract's due on October 30th, 2022, by the way. It's almost a little close to a six-year deal. So um, you have to really look at that. So that's why they got those contracts there. And um, I'm just curious what was the Hershey's handbook has, employee's handbook has to say, because the office people should get that same remedy. So um, when it comes to signing documents and so forth, I'll just, I'm just real curious. But I'll just say here, Durham had been working from home since March 2020, expect, except for once every two weeks, when her task required her to be in the office, but even when she was there, it was just a skeleton crew and person, co-workers. Everyone had a temperature check before entering the building, and masking was mandatory. Yeah, that really helped out um, OSHA standards, 19.5% oxygen when you wear that mask. It's been proven time and time again. Even people who are very familiar with this equipment put the mask on. It's below temperature, and, and sometimes... Uh, it's considered unsafe working conditions. Hershey required employees to be vaccinated by October 4th. When, and when she was still unvaccinated on October 5th, she was told she was no longer allowed in the building because she couldn't. She continued working until January. After her last day, the company sent an empty box of her home to her home so she could ship her work equipment back to them. We're losing our jobs over this vaccine policy, Durham says. It's just wrong that a company can terminate you and lose your livelihood. This should not be forced. 
Some employees trained their replacements only to find the replacements will continue working remotely. Yep, being used. The separation agreement Hershey gave employees prohibits to those who sign it from disclosing the existing terms and conditions of the agreement, including the details of their separation and from employment. The agreement contains a broad non-disparchment clause and it also releases Hershey from liability for all legally waivable claims. Hershey did not respond to requests for comment or to provide information about how many people have been fired. Employees estimated 1,400 workers applied for religious exemptions. It is unknown if they were granted. I know people who got the vaccine just to keep their job. It wasn't just something they wanted to do, but they needed the job. Durham said, I need a job too, but I'm not going to do something I don't feel comfortable doing, just keeping my job. And um, it's interesting because that's why with the because that's why I like about the workers, the factory workers, they have this contract. And like, like I said, hopefully they'll just be vigilant on saying no on man on that and the mandates, vaccine mandates and all that. Because they can do it to the office people. They can be next. It's one big ripple effect. And and, uh, you, and I know they, um, you have to have to look at some of the laws with Pennsylvania's labor laws, I, which I should have done this originally. But um, I just wonder if what their hand, employees' handbook have to say, there's conditions of termination. If, that, if that's the case, and they got those books, and they signed it, that's a contractual agreement. You can go after Hershey for Hershey for violating the contract. I can tell you this: Milton Hershey is rolling in his grave right now. It's like he made Chocolate Avenue all that. Now it's gonna go to hell in the handbasket of what these Yahoos are doing right now. Very unacceptable. And I'll you know what I'll say this: every shareholder should start. Selling their damn Hersh uh, damn uh, stocks from Hershey and see what would happen. You get them where confoundly hurts. Or call out these bastards. You know, let the board let the board know. Say, hey, what are you doing? You gonna hurt my stocks for your arrogance? That's why you gotta always gotta look at these things. And what the, what kind of merits they have? Actual documented proof that these things are safe. And don't use Pope Francis. He's just another globalist hack anyway. I like to see everyone start calling him out. As far as I'm concerned, I might just tell Hershey to stick it up their rear ends. You want, you want to use medical Jim Crow? Why should I buy your products? All right? Plain and simple. You need us, but we need you. And that would be it in that, in that article. So this next one here came from uh, 10th Amendment Center. Mike Meharry, great, great work. It says here, Mississippi House Committee passes bill taking on some federal gun control. As is here, last week, a Mississippi House Committee passed a bill that would ban state enforcement of some federal gun control. Passage into law would take an important first step toward bringing those measures to end within the state. Representative Carl Oliver introduced the House Bill 14... 18 on January 17th with 19 fellow Republicans titled the Second Amendment Preservation Act. The legislation declares the following 
all federal acts, laws, orders, rules, and regulations, whether past, present, or future, which are friends of the people's right to keep and bear arms is guaranteed by the Second Amendment to the U.S. Constitution and Article 1, Section 12 of the Mississippi Constitution of 1890 shall be invalid in this state. It shall not be recognized by this state, shall be specifically rejected by this state, and have no effect in this state. The legislation specifically defines the confiscation of firearms, farm accessories, or ammunition from law-abiding citizens as infringements. The law would prohibit any public officer or employee of the state from enforcing or attempting to enforce any of the specifically defined infringements on the right to keep and bear arms. HB 1418 also includes misdemeanor penalties for, to, for any federal agent who enforces or attempts to enforce any of the specifically defined infringements on the right to keep and bear arms. In my opinion, it should be a little bit more tougher as a felony, but it's my personal opinion, but it's, it's a step closer, as far as I'd be very frank. People in Mississippi would have a private cause of action in state court for delectatory judgment and for damages against any person or entity attempting such enforcement. On January 27th, the House Committee Judiciary, the House Judiciary B Committee passed HB 1418. Practical effect. If, 18, if HB 1481 would immediately ban state enforcement of any f federal act involving the confiscation of foreign firearm accessories or ammunition, while the clause declared that all federal acts that they infringe on the people's right to keep and bear arms are unenforceable, and the state sounds like sweeping prohibition on enforcement of federal gun control, given all federal gun control is unconstitutional. In practice, any federal action that did not didn't involve confiscation will require a state court ruling declaring a specific federal act an infringement before enforcement would end. The provision imposing criminal penalties on federal agents is problematic and should be amended out of the bill on the House floor. Under federal statutes, any case involving a federal agent acting within the scope of his or her official duties gets removed to federal court. In other words, the current structure of the legal system makes it virtually impossible to prosecute a federal agent in state court. Lawyers for the charged federal agent would immediately make a motion to remove the case to the federal, federal district court under Section 28, U.S. Code 1442, subsection A1, unless the state judge refused to comply, the case then would be out of the state's hands. Nevertheless, the threat of arrest would create problems for federal agents trying to enforce unconstitutional gun laws in Mississippi and would certainly gum up the works if they were never prosecuted. The question is whether or not local law enforcement would be willing to enforce the laws or federal on federal laws that seems unlikely. Effective. The federal government relies heavily on state cooperation to implement and enforce almost all of its laws, regulations, and acts, including gun control, by simply withdrawing this necessary cooperation 
states and localities can nullify many federal actions in effect as noted by the National Governors Association during the partial government shutdown of 2013. States are partners with the federal government on most federal programs. Based on James Madison's advice for states and individuals in Federalist Number 46, a refusal to cooperate with officers of the Union represents an extremely effective method to bring down federal gun control measures because most enforcement actions rely on help, support, and leadership from state and local governments, legal experts, Legal expert Judge Andrew Napatano agreed in a televised discussion on the issue. He noted that a single state taking this step will make federal gun laws nearly impossible to enforce. Partnerships do not work too well when half the team quits, says Michael Bolden of the 10th Amendment Center, by withdrawing all resources and participation in federal gun control states. And even local governments can help bring these unconstitutional acts to their much-needed end, a la Annie, com, Annie Commandeering Doctrine. Legal basis, the state of Mississippi can legally bar state agents from enforcing federal gun control law, gun control. Refusal, refusal to cooperate with federal enforcement rests on the establishment as a, as a established legal principle known as the Annie Commandeering Doctrine, so... Actually, it's in here. Sorry about that. Simply put, the federal government cannot force states to help implement or enforce any federal act or program. The anti-commandeering doctrine is based primarily on five Supreme Court cases dating back to 1842. Of course, Prince versus the U.S. 1997 served as the cornerstone for the majority in Justice Scalia wrote in part. We held in New York that Congress cannot compel the states to enact and force a federal regulatory program. Today, we hold that Congress cannot circumvent that prohibition by conscripting the states' officers directly. The federal government may neither issue directives requiring the states to address particular problems nor command the states' officers or those of their political subdivisions to administer or enforce a federal regulatory program. It, ma it matters not whether policymaking is involved and no case-by-case -case weighing of the burden or benefit is benefits is necessary. Such commands are fundamentally incompatible with our constitutional system of dual sovereignty. No determination. Of constitutionality is necessary to invoke the anti-commandeering doctrine. State and local governments can refuse to enforce federal laws or implement federal programs, whether they are constitutional or not. What's next? 14, 18, 14, 8, HB 1418B moves to the full house for further consideration. That's very cool. I like that a lot. 1418. And so, um, that's how it goes, my friends. Tenth Amendment, nullification. That's the way to do it. And this is why when people talk about the Convention of the States. I think I'm about to read more into that. What they what they want to pursue. But legally, we got the anti-commandeering doctrine. The only way the state the only the convention of the states, the only best thing they do is talk about federal overreach. 10th Amendment, and Article 6 of the U.S. Constitution. That's the only three things you should be talked about. 
Nothing more, nothing less. And jury notification. It should add that to the memo as well. Anything else? Lobbyists will intervene, try to change things, change their bill of rights, all that. Don't even shoot it down. That's how I see it. So, for Mississippi, I like it. And um, every other state, you should do the same thing. Well, that will be it. Uh, thank everyone for listening. Plus, feel free to download and share throughout your social media networks. If you have any questions, comments, or symptoms, interesting shout, whatever you do, please send your correspondence to the quorum. For the more, I'll leave the footnotes of these articles on my speaker page. And, um, oops, speaker. <laughs> Sorry. Any page, any page, okay? So, included anchor. And if you want to contact me, you go to luckyluck03 on protimail.com. If you want to donate, go to paypal.me or cash.app forward slash luckyluck3. If you want to support the Epoch Times or and or the Tenth Amendment Center, subscribe, donate. That would be great. Trust me, folks. We're going to educate to be a true activist. Once again, thank you for your time. Plus, always remember that the maniac resistance is healthy for the soul and can liberate humanity. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Keep on spreading the love. And may your guardian spirits be with you.